Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, brand new nerds, and confused parents to Nerdgate. This is the podcast where we break down some of the walls and open the gates to new topics within nerd culture. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons with my co-host... Brendan Gibson, a.k.a. Gibbles and Ritz. I'm feeling pretty hungry right now. Gibbles and Ritz, he's feeling hungry. My name is Ian, and today we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. But first, we have a nerd keyword of the week. That's right. Our nerd keyword of the week for Dungeons and Dragons theme is crit. Now, crit, a.k.a. critical hit, uh, stands for something that when you play a game, it can be used in a wide variety of gaming uh, methodologies, as when you get the maximum damage uh, we'll talk about how you get that later for Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, so Dungeons & Dragons, let's talk about that. It's actually the first tabletop RPG ever created. It was made in 1974, at least the first edition of it was, by the legendary Gary Gygax. And how you play is by taking on a character. You decide to step into the shoes of character that you create, and then you're guided through an adventure alongside other players and their characters by a dungeon master. Uh, so now in its fifth edition... Dungeons & Dragons is played all over the world, and it has absolutely become one of my highlights of my average week, playing with amazing people like my friend Gibby here. Yes, I am part of your group, and I have to say, the reason I play Dungeons & Dragons is because you got me into it, so uh, <laughs> it's, become a, it's become a very big highlight of my week as well. Okay, so, so what... Let's start with you, uh, Gibby. What, what is it that you find appealing about D&D? So for me, uh, it is unlike any other experience when it talks about the way that it plays. Uh, while it is an RPG, it allows for such a deep experience for you to play anybody you want, uh, name-wise, the way you have their attitude, their demeanor. Um, there are set classes, and there are races you can play, um, but there's such a big outlet for creativity and strategy and combat as you move through this adventure and move through this fantasy world. Uh, Gibby here is is playing this enormous uh, character who's who's a, a sort of a small giant called a furbolg, and he's and he's the the biggest uh, uh, hammer swinging mama's boy on the planet. You damn right, I'm a mama's boy. It's it's I mean just seeing the creativity that my players bring to creating an entire persona uh, to then sort of experience in this shared storytelling environment is just absolutely amazing um there's loads of material out there for both the players to kind of uh there's variations on classes and and cool things that you can kind of get a different spin on different classes even if you've played them before there's also loads of material out there for for dungeon masters i know you've uh had a lot of different materials that you use and reference that have come out over the years oh yeah i mean i there's there's so much material out there i mean dungeons and dragons is a community that has moved from its sort of basement hiding insular subculture to something that is one of the most open and generous communities that are that that exist and i can honestly say that that stigma and faux pas around D &D being mm -hmm. this extremist version of nerdism that is such a negative aspect is no longer there anymore it's no longer valid it's it's, it's, yeah, so it's it's not there in today's culture anymore mm -hmm. and i've had more conversations with people who either wanted to learn D D that we've gotten involved in at least to give it a get their feet wet and just get a little taste of it uh, and have ended up loving it. I've yet to hear anything negative about anybody that we've given Introduced. a shot at to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do kind of uh, want to touch on the cultural and historical significance of, of D&D. First off, we've already touched on the fact that it is an outlet for creativity and personal expression. 
Um, and part of that is because it is this this medium of of shared storytelling where everybody, not just the dungeon master creates the story, but how the players choose to interact with it is um, unprecedented, really. Right. Um, it's the first role-playing game, rather the, the type of game that Dungeons & Dragons is, is the idea of taking up a role and um, rolling dice to, 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 to decide any outcome that isn't guaranteed. It's a very simple system of how you actually play. Um, but there's now tons of RPGs out there that can cover, that can run the gamut of, of uh, you know, uh, Lovecraftian horror and uh, cyberpunk, you know, spacefaring men. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, versions of RPGs now that have all spawned off of D and D, really as the originator. But I think D and D's uh, ability to kind of in- reinnovate itself every single time through edition after edition, they've really kept themselves updated and uh, expanded upon this genre that they've really created. Yeah, and, I mean, and tried to really make it accessible to people from all walks of life. And I think that that is extremely commendable for something. Uh, I, I, I've read an article or two that have been talking about its use in rehabilitation facilities for, for inmates, Absolutely. actually. It's really cool, and one of the things that I remember reading was that despite having uh, several inmates that maybe had violent pasts, the when they would play a character, they would almost always gravitate towards the alignment of, of lawful good. It, it's it's really amazing. People choose to play aspects, to play out aspects of themselves that, that they want to see. Just from a psychological standpoint, when you're creating a character, you tap into a little bit of what you want to see in yourself and, and kind of you you magnify it. Right. It can be uh, it can be something that you are either really proud of that you uh, want to expand upon that you are you make sure that all of your characters have or something maybe you wish you had maybe you play a big tough guy or play someone who uses magic as a little bit more tricky. Yeah, and one of the cool things too is that it's actually sort of proven to be really good for youth development. Now, granted, one of the things you have to be very careful of is is you know the the appropriate level of you know of content. Um, and, of course, not too much, you know, dismemberment or beheading and the old Dungeons & Dragons hack and slash, but rather the idea that you are working as a team to solve a problem. It really encourages lateral thinking, the idea that, okay, there is this, there's this tower that you have to get in and, and the, there are guards at the gate. What do you do? Well, maybe I'll look for a window and throw a rope up to the ledge. Or, you know, is there a way we can tunnel underneath it? These are all valid opportunities because kids can really benefit from that and more and more studies are coming out that's having after school programs of Dungeons and Dragons or other similar RPGs uh, that are being played for uh, late elementary and middle school kids and even some high school kids too that are able to kind of both experiment with their own identity and their own values as well as um, get to work as a group to have a really awesome adventure. Yeah, breeding confidence in kids for sure and who they are and Mm -hmm. their abilities and uh, their individualistic thinking uh, is something that's for sure. And, and in case it wasn't already been said, uh, beyond the uh, the creators, the Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. uh, who put out a lot of their uh, their more official material, you can create uh, adventures of your own that fit within uh, the realm of D and D and the the kind of the guidelines, the, the rule of it. set. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so even if you uh, figured that maybe one of the campaigns is maybe a little bit too violent or, or uh, sophisticated for a younger group. You can create your own as long as you have uh, the imagination to do it. Heck, I mean, there's a little rule set for running a heist as bears, stealing honey. And it's really cool. I've, I've, they, uh, the cast of a uh, well-known live play uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, show 
critical role. They play this little game that's called Honey Heist. It's uh, it's super cute, but like you can find so much out of that. Uh, and kind of on this along the same same. Uh line of thinking as we kind of progress through this episode. Uh, I'll kind of talk about some of the ways that this game of D&D can be accessible, can be for you, or maybe it cannot be for you, uh, and kind of some of the things to look out for. So um, D&D really requires you to have an open group of friends that are all willing to work together. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have a lot of uh, personality conflicts and people are at each other's throats or don't respect um, individualistic differences that people choose for their characters, it can be kind of hard to play. So yeah. you really need to have that uh, kind of an open mindset and a broad acceptance for what other people's choices are in the game. Yeah, you, you need to be able to trust each other because you're putting a little bit of yourself into the game, and, and that's what makes it so special, but that also can make it, um, you know, a, a sort of very personal experience. Yeah, and D&D uh, kind of requires uh, a decent time slot uh, where you, there's, you, can sit <laughs> down, you can sit down and play for 10 hours if you really wanted to but that even that might be pretty mentally taxing uh for instance our group plays once a week for maybe three hours a week and it's it's a it's a great experience but it does require you to have a little bit of a predictable uh consistent schedule or else you can kind of fall behind it's one of the things where it's hard for a uh dungeon master the person who, who plans the uh i i say plans the story but that's not even true they they the role of the dungeon master is to simply provide a framework and a series of events that will engage the players, and then where it goes from there, that's all on them. Facilitate, if you will. Exactly, yeah. Uh, sort of the impartial judge of, of the world that sort of says, okay, the players do something, What does the world? how does the world react? Because that's what happens when someone does something, the world reacts. But it, it can become hard for the dungeon master to plan if you can only give an hour of time. Right, yeah. One of the good things about D&D &D is that there's really no one answer. So if you are really like the idea of there being multiple ways to work around things, then you don't necessarily always have to follow this uh, framework or that not always take the uh, the answers that's presented in front of you. You can come up with your own way. Some things to kind of to look out for and maybe that this game wouldn't be for you. Um, there are some. Right, like we said, if you have an inconsistent schedule, it might be kind of hard for you to plan around. Um, if you're really not comfortable using your imagination and you're a little bit more kind of stringent and kind of maybe closed uh, about being vocal about... you playing your character, then it can be a little tough. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it can be a little tough. If you're the fantasy realm is not really for you, This is, most D&D campaigns are set in a fantasy realm. Some of them are, are set to a more kind of earth-binding vibe, and they've got a little bit more things that we would see in real life, but some of them can be wacky and, well, and crazy. Yeah. And, and in, in, this, in this episode, we've kind of made the case for role-playing games as well as Dungeons & Dragons in and of itself. And that's mostly because a lot of people equate the two. Um, but you can definitely get all the benefits of playing a role-playing game by playing a different one. Yeah, like Warhammer. Yeah, well, and that's, that's another good point, too, because Dungeons & Dragons has combat. And you can play it as what's called a theater of the mind, where everybody sort of takes their turn and uses their abilities, but um, they all use their head to imagine what happens. Uh, or some DMs, like myself, like to put down a little grid and let everybody kind of move around on the different spaces and play it almost like a small board game. A lot of people play Dungeons & Dragons just for that. And while I don't want to say that their way is wrong... If you're just getting into it for the tactical combat, it might be better to try out uh, a wargaming group. But a lot of people start out as that person who only cares about combat. And then they understand how fun it can be to tell a cool story with their friends. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i speaking from experience. I was one of those people. Ian knows that to be true. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the combat. I still do. 
Um, but I think I've become a little bit more comfortable in my role of playing my characters and expanding upon uh, my uh, character's personality and really letting that shine through as well as part of the game. And as long as you're open to the idea of sort of telling a story with the group, even if you don't want to be the most vocal person, then D&D can, or, or role-playing can still be right for you. And I think one of this, this kind of might fall into RPGs in general, but especially with D&D, one thing you have to really be okay with if you want to play D&D is failing is okay. Oh, yeah. You, that not, yeah. It's not not everything is skill-based in this game. Not all outcomes are defined based on your skill or your character's level. It's, it is dice rolling to a degree, and you may have a 20 in strength. You may be maxed out in strength, but if you rolled a 3 and that only brought you up to a 10 with all of your abilities and modifiers, you still may not pass that skill check. Well, and that's a good thing, right? You don't want everything to be handed to you because that's why there are rules associated with this game. That's why it's called a game and not make-believe, right? Right. I mean, some of the best experiences that people tell me about, just as much as when you roll a 20 on a 20-sided die and get a critical hit. Critical hit. There can also yield some of the most amazing experiences when you roll a 1 and get a, a, a critical fail. Because those are the those are the moments that radically shift the story that become memorable for players. So... Being able to fail is what makes the game worth playing. But if that's not something you're, you're, you're comfortable doing in front of other people, if making mistakes is stressful for you or, or you're not comfortable in those situations, then yeah, maybe Dungeons & Dragons, you're not quite ready for it yet. But let me tell you, you should give it a try at some point. Right. Well, and how can they get involved in, in Dungeons & Dragons, Ian? I mean, oh, there's I a mean, lot of different ways. There is a lot of ways, and I've tried most of them. <laughs> uh, so the, the easiest way is to head over to your friendly local game shop, and they will almost always have a starter set, a Dungeons & Dragons starter set. And that has everything you need to get started, including uh, a fun adventure that, we've, that I've actually played. As well as, uh, you know, pre-generated characters and all sorts of other things that will get you ready to play. And the basic rule set. You can also look into playing uh, with other people at that friendly local game shop. Um, there is a thing called the Adventurers League that is sort of sponsored by uh, Dungeons & Dragons where a dungeon master sort of uh, opens up a table for anybody who wants to show up for the week. And everybody sort of shares in a, in a joint adventure and you bring your own character to the table as long as they subscribe by the, by the basic rule sets. And um, everybody can sort of show up, play for an evening, and then if you miss the next week, it's no big deal. Uh, it's a really cool little system that, that Wizards of the Coast has really been pushing. So that's always an option. Additionally, uh, you can go on to Reddit and check out a Looking for Groups page. And a lot of times you'll have people that will post about, you know, hey, I'm looking to start a campaign in the uh, Denver area. Is there anybody... Uh, over here that's looking for a game and, and somebody, you know, will say, hey, I'm, I'm, I live over in this neighborhood. You know, are you close? Mm. And what are you trying to do? I, I can definitely also recommend online groups, which are over there for looking for games on Reddit. Uh, there is a great program called Roll20, which basically is a system where you can, you know, voice chat between uh, the players and the Dungeon Master and also look at little maps that the Dungeon Masters can draw and show to you on the screen or just play voice only via Discord. I have done both of those things and it can be really fun. I will say the key for that is 
ask the dungeon master what kind of game they're playing and and what the what the premise is. If it's not a good fit for you, don't try to play it. And despite it being online, it is very interactive for not only the dungeon master but for the the players themselves. Absolutely. And you really you really still get that experience and that mm-hmm. feel. Heck, there's even text only ones that are kind of really harkening back to some old school uh, early internet days uh, role playing, but they exist, and and a lot of people really enjoy those. Uh, the last thing I really want to throw out: if you're interested in in Dungeons and Dragons, but you're not quite ready to dive in the deep end and actually roll up a character, uh, there are some great actual play uh, podcasts and videos. I've already mentioned one that's Critical Role. You can find it on YouTube, where some of the best voice actors in video games uh, and and cartoons they get together and they play an amazing high drama high action adventure throughout their own homebrewed world with some amazing iconic characters there's also the adventure zone which you can is a podcast that you can find and they have a hilarious and and pretty uh pretty buck wild game that they play and it's a it's a family of brothers uh and their dad that all sort of play this wild crazy goofy adventure yeah both critical role and adventure zone are top-notch productions um and both very different examples they are they're both very different ways of playing the game uh definitely a good option to to check out well uh as we continue to move forward i think uh it's time for our one minute shout outs don't you think oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. let's do it let's do it you're going first again right uh sure i'll go first okay, if you want me good, to good. all right time already all right my shout out this time is also kind of a throwback I did a throwback last week for overwatch uh, my throwback this time for RPGs, and this doesn't necessarily translate. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's a movie that I used to watch as a kid that I loved watching um, called Homeward Bound. It was about two dogs and a cat <laughs> kind of traversing through the country trying to get home, and it kind of feels like D&D to me the more I think about it because these are three very different animals, three very different mindsets. One of them is more the, the heroic hero type. One of them is more the chaotic, crazy uh, willing to do whatever it takes type, and one of them's the the, the worried uh, kind of liability character that doesn't necessarily have any of the skills and is always worried but very cognizant of the surroundings. I had never, I had that movie on VHS, and I never thought about it that way. It's it's it, it seems very D and D the more I think about it, just because of the adventure aspect and they're traveling, uh, and there's a goal in mind, and they do run into bad guys every now and then, which you could equivalent to. Uh, to to uh, uh, encounters for 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 combat. Yeah, so that's yeah, true. that's it for me. <laughs> okay, is it uh, my turn? It is your turn. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm All ready. right, I'm ready. ready? Go. I just want to mention my favorite video game series. Probably of all time. There's a lot of video games that I've loved and poured numerous hours to, and I put the most hours into Dota 2. I'm not ashamed to admit, but uh, probably my favorite game, which I played, I don't know, three or four entire run-throughs, was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance for the Game Boy Advance, and there's other, uh, there's there's an additional sequel on the Nintendo DS. Oh, wow. There's one on, uh, on even on uh, iOS Mobile, although I haven't gotten that one yet. The reason this is connected to Dungeons & Dragons is it's because it's a grid based tactical combat system with an amazing fantasy themed story and uh and all, where you build a roster of heroes and go around and complete quests for people uh and have and just you know and and level up your characters and gain access to awesome new moves it is probably one of my favorite tactical combat systems in video games final fantasy tactics advance you can check that out, and I'm sure you can find uh, the, the GBA ROM for easy play somewhere on the internet, and it would be worth the effort. 
It's a great game. Uh, so, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Nerdgate. I really hope that you got something out of this and are willing to maybe maybe give Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing games a go. Yeah, and if you have any other further questions that maybe we didn't cover uh, in this video that you want to know more about D&D or you have anything else, any other concerns, or you want us to maybe help you look for an outlet, we'd be happy to do so. Uh, be sure to uh, to comment down below if you've got any questions, like we said about D&D. &D. Uh, you can also check out my blog, uh, deadbrokenerd.com, and check me out on Twitch at deadbrokenerd. And you can tweet at me at gibblesandbits on Twitter. Gibbles and bits, as always. Thank y'all so much uh, for listening to this episode of Nerdgate. Nerd Close the gate. <laughs>